also reading is cool. Do you know anyone either a now who is that's the other thing i know i just said really quickly that like i have friends who are out gay teachers and they get a lot of shit and also like they absolutely and i don't think they listen to this but like they absolutely fucking inspire me every day and i it's so incredible what they do um i'm so fucking proud of them i'm so fucking proud of all of my friends who are teachers both of us were just talking about how we would Yo. literally be dead i'm so proud of all of you you're so amazing <laughs> Uh, if you're a teacher and you're not our friends, we love you and you, we want to be your friend you. and we think you're the most amazing person. Um, and we hope you get the support that you need. Uh, and rant. Um, I have a lesbian farmot and she's the best. Uh, I had a good friend in high school, um, whose parents were lesbians. I had a friend growing up whose parents were lesbians. They were very mean and... to me, but we're cool. <laughs> um, Milo, being friends with Milo helped me come out as a teenager. Um, my very first concert was we saw Cake at the State Theater. Oh my god! Uh, for Milo's fourteenth birthday, uh, his parents bought us tickets, and we went to the show as as fourteen year olds. That's the gayest thing I've ever heard. And we wore matching t-shirts. Yes. That had like a, that had like a funny pun about Democrats on it. Um, Liberals. Liberals. (laughs) Um, So funny. Uh, Anyway, so yes. um, I I had adult role models. You are so, so singularly yourself. Amazing. Who I knew, who I knew were explicitly gay. Um, I had some teachers that. I kind of suspected. I also had a lot um, of, there was a lot of gay teachers at my high school, actually, and some of them were very important to me, and I would be remiss not to mention that. Shout I, out all the, of you who are not listening. Love you very much. Thank you for, get big, thank you for maybe making sure I wasn't dead, because no one else did. When we get big, they'll be listening. Um, my, do you remember, I don't know if you remember, but um, you wrote me a really nice note before my first day of student teaching. And, that sounds like something I did. Uh, because I had been talking about and how she was so pretty, uh, and how she was she was like I was student teaching right after her, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I think all these boys have crushes on me." And I was like, "Ha ha ha!" Uh, and you wrote me this really nice note before I went to student teach, and you were like, "Be some girl's first crush today. Like you're gonna be great." And I had your name tags. You made me name tags that I put out on my desk. I did a lot of really gay shit. So soft. So soft. We were both, we were both so I was wearing my Captain Courageous tank top the other day because I, I pulled it out with all of my summer clothes. Um, so soft. So soft. Fucking incredibly soft. I just, um, uh, it's how to, I'm constantly surprised at the amount that my heart is on my sleeve when I really think it's not. I, <laughs> 
I'm so convinced that it's not, and it just is. Literally, I told someone I have a crush on them, like, two weeks ago, and he was like, what? And I was like, what do you mean, what? (laughs) Yeah, so this student teaching experience, when you wrote me this nice note, um, on my very, like, very last day of school, this girl was like, and, like, as I was, like, the last moment of my last class, literally this 14-year-old girl, seventh grader, was like, is it okay to have a crush on your best friend? As she's like walking out the door. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just like yelling yes as she runs out the door. Like, yes. Yes, it is. Yes. It's totally cool. I had these um, two of my favorite students that I had as fifth graders and then sixth graders who um, were really great music kids. They were great kids. Uh, they spent a lot of time with, you know, they would come, like, hang out in my room at recess, and they would always, like, come help me set up for band. Uh, they were great. I loved them. Um, and uh, one of them had, I taught, uh, I never had a classroom. I taught at a gym at one school and uh, a library in the other school, and I absolutely loved teaching in the library. That was a real treat for me. Um, I loved children's literature. Um and so I was always reading books in the library, like, between classes and stuff, because, like, I have a lot of favorite kids' books. I wanted to see, I think, new – I'm always really interested in, like, what new kids' books are coming out and, like, because there's all sorts of cool representation and things like that. And I, you know, I wanted to know what the – I like to have things to talk about with – or I liked to have things to talk about with my students that were relevant to them and that they were interested in, and also reading is cool. Um so I tried to encourage that and then um so one of the kids was like oh I just started reading these books I really really like them they're so cool I think you would really like them they're graphic novels and I was like hey I don't really like graphic novels like I've never read a graphic novel I don't know or I think I had tried once but I think it was um that one that was about the Iranian war uh Persepolis. Yeah, like I think I tried to read Persepolis, which was also like one of the first graphic novels. It's a lot. It's beautiful, but it's a yes. lot, especially if you're not familiar. I with also the, like. I think I was like a medium. senior in high school then. Like I was not. Yeah, it was not it was a time. Lot. Um, so I was like, but exceptional. If you if, if if you're listening and you haven't read it, go read it right now. I would now. like it's to. I, I should. I would like to now that I'm an adult. Um, it's terrific. Uh, but so she was like, "Hey, like I'm so excited about this. I think you're really gonna like it." Like, they're so cool, and they were brand new, and they had just come out, and I had heard about them somewhere, and I was like, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, of course I will read this thing that you're giving me. Look, I took them out of the library. And um, the books are called Lumberjanes. There's a series. I did read a lot of them. Um, They are so funny and smart and cool if you're into graphic novels. Um, And they... I think they're, like, middle school-aged, but, like, I absolutely loved reading them. Yeah. Um, They were a real treat, and um, they also deal a lot (laughs) with um, Greek mythology, which I didn't know, and once I found out, uh, uh, me and these students also went off on that tangent, which I forgot about until right now, and is another uh, point on that marker. Uh, (laughs) But, so they have... um, it's about this group of not Girl Scouts, but Scouts who are girls um, at a 
camp and then they get into this like series of adventures um and two of them get into a like explicitly in that it's clearly defined uh they get into a gay relationship they like are labeled and like it's amazing and it was the first time it's not the first time i've ever seen anything like that in children's literature because i read a couple weird ya books when i was a ya um but they were like out there out there weird and this is like pretty mainstream and normal uh and highly distributed uh stuff and uh so the two of them were giving me these books and i was like reading them with them and then uh as they got older i saw them sort of grow more into themselves and um I hope that they are out there doing well and that uh, I was able to provide some good representation and a welcoming space for them because that's really all I wanted to ever do as a teacher was try to make space for kids to be who they are because that is apparently not what other people are doing. (laughs) Know that uh, they are supported and loved no matter what. I I think that's such a beautiful story to end on. I have so much. I really want to talk about presentation today, tonight, if we can. If you're if you're up for it, I'm up for it. I think I need to pee again. That's fine. I really want to turn my heat down. I'm sweating. Yes, yes. Let's let's take a fiver. Um, what this will be the last I, chunk. I don't think it'll go anywhere, but I've pushed it off for a couple episodes, and I want to be I coherent is, about it. This is perfect, and I want to hear about it. Um, I have all of my bad mood feelings written down in my notebook, which is great because I don't feel them right now. <laughs> but I but I was going to go there, but I don't want to go there anymore. So I would love to kind of come back to this. I feel this way about my... You can't hear me. I'm jibber-jabbering. I can't hear you. you. Can't I can't hear, hear you. I can't, can't hear, hear you. Me. What? You can't hear me. You can't hear me. <laughs> Huh? I went awooga. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay, presentation. I had so many coherent thoughts. We got to zone back in. I'm in. You're always in. I'm never in. Okay. I got to figure out where I'm going to start. I'm getting there. So before I had mentioned having in my decisions of coming out in my two sort of areas of work being childcare and education or agriculture and farming, um, sort of feeling out whether that was literally safe, literally safe. Um, and then that affecting my decision uh as well as I know uh and then I had said that I wanted to come back to this because I had had two different experiences one I don't know that damaging is the right word but one more positive than the other um and we'll end on the high note we'll go chronologically so I had uh mentioned either in episode 19 or 20 that I had been going through all of my clothes and I had gotten rid of a lot of things that I don't wear anymore because I had had gone through 
trying out a lot of different presentations when I was teaching uh, because I was trying to figure out what felt comfortable both as I was getting used to what I needed to do um, and what made me feel both comfortable in my body while I was doing it uh, physically but also like mentally and emotionally um, cause I have some health issues that like not everything is comfortable on my body all the time. Uh, and I don't mean to not be looking at you. I started looking at the sound bar and now, it's okay. now it's all That's I okay. can look at. Um, That's okay. You're good. I know, but I feel rude. Uh, but it's, I didn't realize that it's good, like visual. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I had tried out all these different styles as like, I was figuring out what was right for me. And then also, um, how I could feel comfortable knowing that I was like completely ignoring this huge part of my identity, um, in the majority of my life, uh, by not being like out at work at all. And like, I didn't really have any, you know, immediate friends there or anything. Um, and I know I've spoken a lot to like not having a lot of queer community around me ever. Um, so how I could sort of, um, I think that the way I dress in any of those capacities, um, I put a lot of thought into the way I dress because it makes me feel comfortable, more comfortable in my body, maybe. Ooh, yikes. Some words. Um, but it's always been something that's like really important to me and it's definitely like a literal functionality of my day level of comfort thing. Uh, what I put on is such a huge difference to me in such a number of ways. But, um, and I would love to like spend a whole episode talking about that another time, but, um, work related specifically, I had gone through, uh, right when I started just a really like traditionally feminine professional way of dressing because that was what I had known uh and much less so than a lot of my peers but like I had some pencil skirts and whatever and leggings and flowy tops like elementary school teachers and then I had uh sort of pivoted into deciding that that wasn't right for me and the pendulum swung and I was wearing a lot of you know really structured button downs and slacks and things and then I sort of found a middle where I had the a lot of great cool pants that I loved um, and some blouses that I loved and I loved all of these like pieces of clothing and they were all things I like that made me feel good but I also still the whole time no matter what any of them were referred to it as um, teacher drag casually to my friends uh, because that isn't me that's not how I dress and it didn't it felt like being someone else even though it was me it was like me being in drag as me as a teacher you know um me being making myself appropriate for other people uh because I guess sometimes who I am is inappropriate I don't know um but which is again a safety thing in some aspect at least certainly not the only aspect but like so there's that uh, but yeah, absolutely. Like my, some, you know, a bunch of my closest friends will tell you I've been calling it my teacher drag for years and years and years. Uh, and that was 
I mean, among the many, many reasons I quit was like, I never felt like I could be myself uh, really all the way when I was doing, working in education in any capacity um, and having to dress and comport myself, I guess, uh, as both facets of presentation as almost who I was, but not quite, um, was really hard uh, in a way I didn't notice until it had been happening for a while. And that was a really big challenge. And the flip side of that is um, now I... And this has also been, I had to try a bunch of different things and figure out what was right for me. And maybe just this year have found the right balance of my personal clothes and what is now safe and functional for the jobs I have. Because I switched to doing something that like, I need to, I need my clothes to work for me. Um, I need, I can't, yeah. I've been doing farming and I was doing construction and like I there's I can't be soaking wet if I'm wearing certain things I you know things are gonna get ripped they're gonna get dirty and it whatever so there was a while I was just wearing like trash I was wearing my garbage clothes or like um you know whatever um certain things but like I through farming like literally through functionality bought a pair of overalls because I was like that'll be a good thing for me to have um and I found out that like that's something that makes me feel so good. Makes gender go burr and burr. Thank you. I gotta, uh, all my apps go to sleep at 10 o'clock because I'm trying to make myself go to bed. And I gotta, I was scrolling through the shit on my phone and, uh, uh, I have a t- reached my time limit on air horn. So it, it was really funny. <laughs> it was really good. Um, So not only that, but also I said, like, I have, like, physical issues that sometimes, like, I don't want stuff touching my torso. And, like, overall solves that problem. Um, Today, that's why I wore them today, was because I woke up and my body hurt so much. I was like, oh, nothing is going to touch me. These aren't even my denim work overalls. These are my soft house overalls because I was so in so much fucking pain this morning. Um, Always, all the time. And, uh, but, so, the, um... Not only was I able to leave the guise of professionalism and able to just, Mm -hmm. like, figure out what would work for me functionally and what I'm doing, I'm just now starting starting to combine that with, like, my clothes that are my clothes. I've always been so ashamed of having, like, so many clothes because I had professional clothes and fancy clothes and so many options for everything and work clothes and like dirt work clothes and then like my clothes when I get home because those are the things that make me feel like me um and just now like the last couple weeks this move I've tried to really start like I never would have worn these to work before incorporating those into like my day-to-day shit like my favorite t-shirts because like they get dirty okay I'll wash them which is also hard because I don't always have access to like wash um life is hell um but uh like why shouldn't why they're not helping anybody staying clean in my drawer I would be so happy if I wore them every day and like now I get to dress like me 
and it feels so good to dress like myself every day and nobody says anything about it. I've been wearing those like bindy crops. I've been wearing my favorite shirt from middle school. I've been wearing um, all my fucking tie-dyes and I know I said I have overalls and like my favorite flannels and the sweaters I like and like just all my clothes that make me feel like me and that shouldn't be such an incredible luxury but it is and it's something I've never really had the freedom to do before and it just like it feels so good ugh mmm it feels so good to be able to dress the way I want to dress uh, all day, every day, without reservation. Sometimes I... I have to put a bra on when I don't want to, but we're working on it. Um, I think that we could have this conversation three more times over. Uh, I have been in a very bad mood this week and uh, have so many like shitty things to talk about but I don't really want to talk about them right now because you know what we all need in I, the world I do. is like I have one question for you on this end if you want a question and if you don't I want to love, that's fine I would, I would love a question so I was talking about professionalism and um, I know that like I was teaching in front of kids so like it mattered but like also it didn't matter I was also dressing for my coworkers, right and for mm-hmm. parents and whoever um you both I guess in the before times um and also now online you give like seminars and like tour and travel I and do. like have to dress formally and professionally don't I don't know if you have to or if that's your choice um but yeah. I don't know if you wanted to speak to that at all. I know we've loosely been like, I travel with these 10 things because they make me feel safe. Uh, uh-huh. But I do no, that. That's, that's exactly right. And it's right. also yeah. the same right. thing. I know I was saying I feel bad for having so many clothes, but there's also like, uh, and we've said this on here before, like when what if you have this gender feeling expression that day and you need to accommodate mm-hmm. all seven choices? It's so <laughs> exactly. hard to pack for anything because I need the absolute freedom of I used to like I can't even put my clothes out the night before because what if I don't feel that way in the morning yeah and seeing them will make me feel bad our office dress code is pretty lax um especially now that we're all working from home but I I try and uh spruce it up when I'm traveling and like you just mentioned I have kind of my my work my five work outfits that I will take on the road and I don't think any of those clothes fit anymore because my body has uh, only in the last couple of months have I noticed how much my body has changed and it's been extremely very bad which we should talk about sometime uh but um yeah I've bought a bunch of like cool casual streetwear that I don't know if is work appropriate but also like eat shit and die I'm gonna wear what I want to wear when we go back to the office I really don't care anymore but when I'm in front of clients I definitely try and spruce it up a little bit um and and it's usually like the same kind of six five or six outfits that I rotate through and like in a lot of cases I will like get I will leave my apartment at 4 30 in the morning to get on a plane at six 
to arrive somewhere at nine to do a training at 12 until three. And then I fly home and get home at midnight. So it's like, you know, a lot of times it's like, I just need to be comfortable and presentable. And so I bought a lot of like, uh, you know, like stretchy work pants that I can sit on a plane for six hours in and also do my job. in. And I wear like comfortable, like loose fitting dark, like tops to go with those pants. Um, I was super femme when I started working at my current job. I had hair down to my waist, which I French braided every day. I wore a lot of makeup. Um, and then I've like kind of slowly over time stopped doing that and then had a gender crisis and cut my hair and broke up with my boyfriend and uh, started sort of doing a more masculine presenting. I started running marathons, so my, my body changed and I had to buy new clothes, which is a good opportunity to like get rid of old clothes I was wearing uh my ex-boyfriend's clothes because he is a uh, petite um fit but petite so I was wearing a lot of his hand-me-downs um but I I have almost I have completely stopped wearing makeup I mean obviously I'm at home um I'm very self-conscious about my skin and my acne so even when I stopped wearing like eyeshadow and stuff I would um I wear CC cream to smooth out my skin tone I wear mascara because my eyes kind of disappear when I have like a matte layer on. Um, but I don't wear foundation. I just wear CC cream. Um, and like, honestly, my skin has improved a lot over the last year, probably because I'm inside and not like dealing with germs on the subway. So uh, we'll see if I nice. decide to. What's that? Your skin does look nice. Thank you. Um, hey, uh, out here on the pod, if anybody has any tips on mask knee, I'm still suffering and I work on a farm, so my masks are have dirt and sweat on them. Please help me. Amen. Also, also, I've been shaving the back of my head and have had a lot of skin irritation slash acne on the back of my head, and I've tried a million different things. Please help me make my skin on the back of my head better because the skin on my face is finally better, and it's very upsetting that I have to worry about my same like teenage acne on the back of my head. Back of your it. head is ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculously bumpy. It's horrible. <laughs> I have like treatment, whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I've sort of, I've masked, masculinized my look as I've masculinized my personality. Um, but I do, I do try and be formal. I, uh, I, I think my, my sort of concluding story is, um, I'm thinking John about us I, going shopping at Joe Fresh. Keep going. Oh, I love shopping at Joe that Fresh. That was tender. Uh, that was a tender day. It was tender. Um, uh, a friend of mine that I know through work uh, and I were hosting a webinar last night and we were doing a prep meeting a few hours before the webinar and we had about 100 people signed up and I was like, we should do suits uh, because there are that many people. Like, we should put on more than T-shirts. And he and I kind of clowned around a bit for for 10 minutes and ended up doing matching gray suit jackets and black T-shirts um, to wear for this webinar and not nearly a hundred people showed up, but uh, it was still nice to like kind of take that moment to like present a little bit. And then my lighting was really bad, and it got really dark, and no one could see me, and it was really embarrassing. Oh, I but- love! I know I was just joking with you that like I told you I love I love to present. Let me present for fun. I am here yeah. for camp. I am in drag as me for fun, definitely sometimes. 
I just don't want to have to do it when I don't want to. I agree. Um, I've decided that I'm going to be a sneakerhead. Some of my new friends. Are you done uh, with hats? Are, no, I can never be done with hats. I, I left my Yankees hat in D.C. And I'm worried I'm never going to get it back. It's very upsetting. That's what I get for blacking out in front of people I've never met before. This is my punishment. Punishment for my sins. Um, Atone. I've decided to be a sneakerhead because I feel like it's like a subtle masculine show of wealth. I also I disagree. Read, I also read an article in Vanity Fair where Gillian Anderson was talking about how um, watches can really like solidify the attractiveness of a man, and I was like losing my mind. Well, it's been a really rough week, boys, and I was like, holy shit. I don't know anything about watches or sneakers, so you're trying to impress and, me or you bark up a different tree, friend. <laughs> I was like, I think I would give my left nut for Jillian Anderson <laughs> to tell me my watch makes me look handsome. Like, kill me. What kind of watch makes you look handsome? An expensive one? I don't know. I'll, say, I'll, I'll link this article. Um, Not an Apple watch, probably. No, which is like the one that I'm wearing. You know, not like a, a Garmin sport watch. Um, but damn, Only if you can hot. push the buttons and it lights up at night and you can hold it underwater. <laughs> uh, okay, we've been going at this for quite some time. Yeah, I have to bake scones at 6 a.m. tomorrow, so. I need to die. Same. Um, we did good. We did so good. I li- like like I said, I have a million things that are like I always have a million things. There's yeah, we could have this conversation every day for the rest of my life. That's why we have a that's why we have a podcast, babe. That's why we have a podcast, baby. Uh thank you, Lit Match. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Mary Helen. Thank you, Zach. Please arrange us a cut of the theme with only laugh sounds. Yeah, please. Yeah, $1,000 on the line, baby. Uh, thank you, John, for putting your pronouns in uh, our webinar presentation yesterday. Everyone do that. I also, I noticed some of my close friends have their pronouns in their Twitter bios that I don't know that I knew that they did. And if they did that, because I have mine there, like, I love you all so much dearly from the bottom of my heart. Super sexy and cool. Boo, 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 boo. Um, um, I hope that the next time we record an episode, okay, I will have not good news to tell any of you, but good news to tell me and you, my treasured friend and co-host. Uh, the people don't get to know, but I'll get to know. By the next episode, I hope I have booked a plane to Miami for vacation, for live music performance, for a week with my friends doing drugs in Miami. We won't be in Miami by the time we record next, but I would hope I hope my plane ticket is booked. Because we're going to Miami, baby. Putting the energy out there. Denny Crane. I hope my situation has stabilized somewhat. Amen. Go with God, friends. Love you. Love you.